0: Five, 6, five, four, three, two, one, zero. all engines running, commit, flip off.
1: Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATRadio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at swatradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. What is that? at swat radio talk is
0: the handle that is at swat
1: radio talk
0: whoa we got some music coming in there steve you bringing it are you, are you trying to add a live on us over there <laughs> that was kind of weird kind of like movie yeah. music didn't it uh coming in uh well i'm glad uh it's friday yeah i don't know about you are you glad it's friday yeah we had a good uh good meeting today down in st augustine our last SWAT meeting of the week Good zoom uh last night and uh yeah it was just a, a good week really good i'm excited about uh, broadcasting next week on air what we talked about this week at swat about steven and uh you know i don't know as as you've gone through acts as we've been working through it if it's kind of Energized you as you think about the church, but it certainly has me as I've gone through it. Just to think about the bride of Christ and how it began, and it, I think it's important to go back when you look at at the beginning of things and kind of you see the original mission, you see the you know how the principles of uh, dealing with different issues and because sometimes I think we forget and we do become. Uh, an organization rather than an organism, at least in our thinking. And so uh, this week we've been able to deal with that some and and dive into that, and it's been good. And so I'm excited, too, about next week as we uh, we will get into Stephen. Man, what an exciting guy. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to jumping into that next week. But, uh, you know, a, a lot still going on in our world. I don't think there's a day that doesn't go by that there's not something that you just scratch your head and go, okay, yeah. Uh, here we go again. You know, it just, uh, whether it's another shooting and, um, you know, I don't know if you heard about this. They, they found 90 people in a Houston home. You know, I used to live in Houston, um, down in Houston, Texas, and, um, they found 90 people down there, uh, trapped in a home. Um, because they got a call about kidnapping, and um, what they realized is these people were smuggling ninety people and this is a twenty three hundred square foot home mm. in Houston, Texas, and many of the people had coronavirus symptoms, including loss of smell and loss of taste and fever um, and so the health department was called in but um Texas saw over a thousand human trafficking cases in 2019 and uh, more than 800 of those. So almost 80% were sex trafficking. Mm. And so um, I, I just, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess this stuff went on when I was younger and you just didn't hear about it. But that that is, a, I mean, and that's one place, right? You know, Jacksonville is. Uh, known to have a lot of sex trafficking, too, to be mm-hmm. a high uh, place as far as that. And so, um, you know, we just, at, at a time where people are calling to defund law enforcement and really down on law enforcement, what happens if we have no police? We have no no government uh, way to enforce laws against that kind of stuff. People are just going to do what they want, and it'll be kind of like the old west. You know, and in fact, I don't know if you saw this. Texas is looking at going to a non-licensed carry uh, in the state where they will Mm -hmm. be a state that allows open carry or concealed carry without a license.
1: That's called a constitutional carry, right? Yeah, it is. That's what
0: they're calling it.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think that's a good thing because, you know, I'm pro uh, second amendment and I don't think there should be really restrictions on the well, second amendment at all. Well,
0: here here's the thing. The only thing that and, and as a firearms instructor and as somebody who trains people to be able to be responsible my only concern with it, it with it is when you just have people that go buy a firearm and carry it without ever getting trained, it's almost to me it's worse than giving somebody a set of keys to a car to drive that doesn't have any training you know i mean just because people go out and i think when you deal with a a uh, firearm you need to have some kind of training of responsibility to say listen you can't just go out like there was one guy i remember in a class a long time ago who said well, i'm glad to finally be going through a class now i can shoot my neighbor's dog I'm like, what
1: was he well, yeah his
0: neighbor no he was serious he wanted to get a concealed firearm so he could shoot his neighbor's dog who was defecating in his yard digging in his yard and he was tired of it and I'm like you can't just blast your neighbor's dog but people have these misperceptions if they carry a firearm what they can do with it what they can't and so I do think it's it's important uh, not to restrict it but at least to uh, to make sure that people that are carrying have some training in it because uh, it's, you're talking about carrying a, a firearm, something that can take a life in a moment. And, and, and so I think just to let open carry the, I'll just say this, the law enforcement people out there are really nervous because a lot of people are probably going to go buy firearms that don't, uh, know how to use them.
1: Well, I think that uh, if you're getting a firearm, you're interested in getting training, and I think that should be your responsibility to do that. Now, if the state should step in, I think that gives the state an avenue to you know, uh, curtail people's ability to protect themselves and defend themselves. and um, So that's why I would say that, yeah, you should responsibly do that. Do I, but do I think it's the government's place to uh, you know, mandate it? Uh, no, just because of where you could go.
0: Well, they do that- it with driving, right? yeah but, I mean they do it with driving you, but you that's
1: not a constitutionally protected uh right you know driving well that's isn't.
0: Well, that, well, that's true, but what they're well, they're not saying what I'm saying is I don't think they should ever infringe upon anybody's right to own a firearm, yeah, but if you I'm talking about carrying a firearm out in a public arena if you have no regulations well, about it and training like people. I just I like the idea of concealed carry people having training that's all well,
1: yeah I think it's smarter to conceal carry rather than open carry but I'm all I'm saying is that uh, if you look at like New Jersey that has been used to regulate uh, well you know you have to get a license they give them under a very strict you know circumstances and stuff I'm just saying that there is a potential for misuse you, oh uh, absolutely you know I mean? so, there is yeah and in a time right like we are living in now where violence is up, Murders are up sky high. Law enforcement, trust in law enforcement is down. People are quitting law enforcement because of how terrible it is for them. Yeah. Uh, people need to take their defense, their self-defense into their own hands, which, you know, really I would say you always should have that mind, but it now more than ever, it's going to become more and more important. And I don't think that the government should hinder people trying to do that. I do think people need to get training and you, you need to be responsible if you're going to, uh, you know, get a firearm. But, you know, I don't think it's, the end of the world to allow people to not need a license especially when you talk about you know the the idea of tyranny and oh you have to have a a license to uh carry well now they know who has the gun so you know i i just say you know my you know i'm more uh distrustful of the government i think
2: than, than you. no are, so. i didn't know that about you taylor
0: that's something new i'm learning today no I'm, well you know i don't know uh if you um were aware that there was a there was an article um, – actually, it was a Gallup, I think, poll that, that came out, and we talked about it a while back. About 47% of adults um, belong to a church. It's below – a church synagogue or mosque, which is below where it has been typically. Uh, it's down 20 points from the turn of the century.
1: Well, you got to also think how many of those church, people who attend are going to churches where the gospel is not being preached or is, you know – being actively worked against as well so
0: yeah well um there was an op-ed out in the la times um the other day and in that op-ed it says why america's record godlessness
1: is a good thing yeah
0: is good news for the nation now um when you hear just a title like that how can godlessness ever be a good thing
1: Well, you know, that's coming from a a perspective that hates Christianity in particular, but hates religion uh, as a whole. And so, you know, they come from a viewpoint that you can have morals without a God and that's not.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen to what they say that, you know, societies that have experienced the greatest degree of secularization, in other words, booting God out of the all the, the domains that that are out there are among the healthiest, wealthiest, and safest in the world. Oh, what about the USSR? What Uh, about China? (laughs) What about North Korea? Yeah, (laughs) what about Venezuela? I mean, like, uh, saying that they enjoy relatively low rates of violent crime. You talk about fake news, right? And uh, when you look at this, this coming out of the L.A. Times, they're lifting this up as a positive thing and like you mentioned the ussr deeply rooted in atheism Mm -hmm. was one of the most corrupt bloody regimes of the 20th century Mm -hmm. um you think about uh, albania cambodia uh you know how how vicious these places were and um but you know they they point in this article to uh, countries like japan uh, the United Kingdom, the Czech Republic, Australia, Canada, and you know it's interesting what's going on in Canada. How they're continuing to harass churches up there. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, folks, you better get ready. I hope you're prepared for it to come here. Uh, you know, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna dive into what we talked about on Wednesday about characteristics of leaders in the church and specifically men and roles, because Taylor wanted to talk about it. So, <laughs> All
1: right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after
2: the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT.
1: That is need to breathe with brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, Doug made a point right before the break about um, you know some of the persecution that is going on in the Western world. And I don't know if you saw, uh, you know, two stories came out. I think just today, one was that a Polish pastor has a warrant out for his arrest in Canada. Because oh, is that
0: the guy who keeps going, get out the yeah, beer! you're yeah. Gestapo. Yeah, yeah, he's got a warrant
1: out for his, or he's got, they are, the law enforcement are now uh, authorized to arrest him if he doesn't let him into the building. And then in uh, the UK today, a 76-year-old man got arrested for saying- I saw that. That marriage was between a man and a woman. They called it homosexual hate, basically. Uh, it was and that, homophobic. And,
0: and that is the kind of thing that is going to come here if and so you better be ready. What are you going to do when you're told that you can't speak the truth? Yeah. When are you going to be, what are you going to do? Um, and when, when you're mandated to, um, to conform to gender dysphoria or to a homosexual agenda, um, I, I just think you, you have to be prepared. And that's why Steven next week is going to be so good because here's a guy who was courageous in the midst of this kind of stuff and he did not cease speaking the truth about Jesus, and we can't either.
1: Yeah, and I think another, you know, interesting facet to bring is, uh, you know, that we, the persecution is not just going to come from outside of the church, quote-unquote, but there, there are going to be significant portions of people who call themselves Christians, significant portions of churches that go along with the persecution of the church along those uh, along those lines. I mean, if you're looking at what, what's happening in the Methodist church, uh You know, right now, the split over homosexuality, there is, it's just, we're not unified as a body and there's going to be, uh, consequences because of that. Yeah.
0: Well, you remember yesterday when I shared or Wednesday, I mean, when I shared about, um, when my friend went up to the church in, uh, in Indiana or Iowa and he, he told them, well, if Mm -hmm. you allow Mm -hmm. women to be elders, you might as well. Well, I think it's all an attack on manhood. I mean, we have seen manhood under attack uh, for a long time. And, you know, it's impacted every aspect of our culture. And, um, you know, it used to be the American Psychological Association, the APA, they considered transgenderism as a, a gender dysphoria. It was a, It was a treatable condition. They considered homosexuality. Uh, is a psychological condition that was treatable and uh, but now they they not only uh, do not see it as a mental illness they see it as a uh, a social construct just like they see transgenderism and for us as believers we do not allow the culture to dictate truth to us Mm -hmm. we see culture through the lens of Scripture, not vice versa. And what's what you were talking about earlier in the church, we are starting now to see churches cave in to the culture and, and buy in either because of pressure from the outside or even just pressure from the inside people who are saying, well, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. And your question yesterday was, I mean, Wednesday was very good about where do you draw the line? Well, when you start... Saying that God's word isn't true mm-hmm. as it relates to his design, his sovereignty over things, it's a problem. And I think it's one that you've got to, you, you go, It's you're not recognizing his lordship. And, you know, if you go to Genesis 1 and 2, it says the Lord created all mankind in the image of God. And he says he made them what? Male and female. Male and female. Genesis 2, 7 says he formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And Genesis 2, 22, and the rib the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Now, that's not a social construct. There wasn't even a culture. Mm-hmm. That was creation that God uh, describes there, and Genesis 1 and 2 talks about it. So, if if you are going to take a stand for truth and the truth of Jesus of Nazareth and the truth of God's word, then, um, you've got to hold to the fact that God made men males and he made women females. And, but in America, uh, our understanding of manhood has always been from a biblical understanding until what? Probably the sixties, Maybe. Yeah. Is that when it started to shift? I think maybe.
1: Yeah, I, I think that for there, there, there was I think an anti-manhood shift. I think. Well, they were
0: starting yeah. then, but but even then, okay, because you had movies like when you think of men, how were men portrayed in the movies in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, even early eighties? You know,
1: you're gonna have to tell. I'm I'm not that old, man. I, I don't. Well, remember come on, you
0: <laughs> do, do, you've heard of John Wayne or oh, Clint yeah, yeah. Eastwood, you know. Mm-hmm these got men were tough yeah men were supposed to step up when there was a threat on the scene uh, men uh were supposed to be providers mm-hmm. but start talking like that in our culture you're going to get a lot of blowback well you know e-
1: yeah even from the church i mean someone on on a caller called you a barbarian once for saying that you know women should be submissive to their husbands
0: well our culture says men are no different from women yeah And and, you know, we have to tear down all the stereotypes. Uh, We have to give our young boys dolls to play with Mm -hmm. and we have to let them be exposed to those things and give girls, you know, footballs and, and baseballs and we have to expose them. Boys now wear makeup, carry purses and pursue homosexual relationships. And we celebrate that. And that's the deconstructed manhood we see in our culture,
1: never, and we we say it's oh it's all a construct. But never mind the fact that if you give a boy a doll, those dolls are going to go to war, and, and some of the dolls are going to lose their arms, right? You uh-huh. give a you give a girl a fire truck, she's going to paint it pink and put a dress on it. But yeah. you know, we, but we say no, it's just a construction. It's not based in mm-hmm. you know reality or or uh, intrinsically who we are.
0: Yeah. Well, when you go and you start thinking about the church the church according to what paul wrote timothy is to stand as a guard a pillar of truth to to guard truths of god's word and and i think we're we're at a critical time in our country in fact we may be at a tipping point where our culture as a whole is gone and a remnant remains almost like in babylon when they went in there but we, we need to get back to conversations about biblical masculinity. It is not wrong, sinful in any way to talk about the masculinity of man
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the femininity of females or woman. And you go back to Genesis 2, and, um, you know, God made the man a male and he made the woman a female. He gave them different body parts. And those body parts work in com- uh, uh, the word uh, complementary mm-hmm. uh, fashion together, but they, you know, a man and a man can't make a baby, a woman and a woman can't make a baby, but a man and a woman can make a baby because that was part of God's design. Now, are there problems in our culture since sin? Is there is there problems with women who come into the world that desire other women instead of men? Are there men who desire? Men instead of women. Uh yeah, there are. But we don't celebrate that mm-hmm. uh, and and we don't um hate the people. We love the people and try to reach out to them. Paul says, Such were some of you. Yeah. He says in Corinthians. So um, you know, when we as believers speak to issues, we gotta speak from a biblical point of view. And you know, in Genesis two twenty-four. Um, Moses wrote, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they become one flesh. Um, and there, there, there's God's call for a man to hold fast to his wife. And what we see in that is um, they become one flesh, and the male is the leader by role, but the female is there to complement, and and work together with him and the wife is called to submit to him as the church submits to Christ it's a role not value driven it's a role driven uh, res- you know responsibility there and uh, ephesians 5 talks about what a high and holy calling that is for us and the church is now booting it that that whole concept that church in atlanta is trying to hold fast and they're told by The bishop, who's a female, who shouldn't be there anyway, that this is wrong and trying to coerce unbiblical doctrine, Mm -hmm. and they're saying, we want to leave then. Let us leave. Let us take our local flock and leave. Um, I mean, as men, I've got two sons and six daughters. It's my responsibility to train my son to be a protector, a provider, um, and, and a leader of his family, and... And also to protect my girls and, and build into them to do the things that Scripture teaches them to do, which is what? To nurture, to have children to nurture, and to be able to uh, minister to younger women and help them understand their role of, of complementing their husbands and working with their husbands to be a difference-making community within the bigger community. And so, that's that's what it means to be a masculine. Uh, but a lot of you know, a lot of Christians aren't speaking up, Taylor. They yeah. don't want to talk about it because one, They're going to get blowback. Mm-hmm. They're going to get feedback. And so, I'm welcome if people want to call in and talk about this because it is a real problem in the church today. Uh, people automatically get defensive when you start talking about these issues, and, uh, and you know,
1: I, yeah, I think that's because that there's been effective. Uh, coup basically that's happened that has redefined what certain words mean and, and give it a negative connotation. You know what I mean? And, and so we, we have a, a dynamic of submission and leadership as like power dynamics and, and, you know, lording over others. But that's not what the Bible's talking about when it talks about uh, how you should love your wife and how, you know, your wife should love you and submit to you. You know that, that it's completely different than what we make it out to be. And, and I think the church has taken some of that internally and internalize it and believes what the world believes about what leadership looks like
0: well a lot of christians don't want to cause trouble i love what uh, owen strachan says he says listen we're called to build in the rubble and ruins and that's where we are uh we're a place where a lot of young men come into the church they don't even know what it means to be a man mm-hmm. and and we need men who will step up and do it that's really what swat's about When we come back, we'll continue talking about this.
1: All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more After the News. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more After the News. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. If you are just joining us, we are talking a little bit about um, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, particularly uh, today, getting into the criteria for leadership in the church and then uh, kind of having that as a broader discussion on. Uh, Biblical Masculinity. If you missed any of that and would like to go back and listen after this program is done, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. If you click on the Past Programs link, you'll be able to see this as long as our full catalog of programs uh, in just about an hour or two. Again, that's www.swatradio.com, clicking on the Past Programs link. If you would like to call and join the discussion now, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT or you can email us at ask at SWAT radio.com. that's ask at SWAT radio.com. We would love to answer your questions or have you joined the discussion. And those are the places that you can do it. Well, listen, you know, men are
0: called, um, to, to lead in their marriage, to lead in the church. And we, we, you know, we covered that on Wednesday, talking about the characteristic of leaders. God raises up. And that's what kind of took us to this place. But you know, a lot of young men in our culture, even guys that profess to be believers have never been discipled Mm -hmm. and they, 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 they come from broken homes. They didn't have a connection with a dad who loved the Lord. Uh, they, they don't know what it means to be a man. And, you know, when you look at, uh, our culture and our culture basically says, you know what? um, it's it's kind of a bad thing. They hate men. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the most hated kind of individual right now, uh, not according to me, but according to a lot of other people, is an evangelical male. Yeah. A guy, that means a, a male sold out to Jesus. And so if you recognize that the culture is teaching our children, especially our boys, that it's bad to be a man, uh, and they're goofballs they have no purpose in life mm-hmm. uh, they're losers you know they just need to step back and I mean look look at all the movies go go and look at what Disney's done look at uh, the action movies and look at how many heroes they make feminine in the movies now
1: well you talking about the they make it a woman with you know a woman in form but in action it's a man oh uh, yeah know what I mean and, yeah it really, so that not only do they hate masculine, I, th- I would say they hate humanity because they're taking the feminine, I think I've said this before, and trying to make it more masculine and trying to feminize uh, the masculine. You know,
0: Well, so. you you watched The Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. The in-game movie, which was the like one of the biggest movies of all time, right? Mm-hmm. And there was that scene at the end where all the women assembled, we got this, yeah, like yeah. came in there. And again, there's nothing wrong with women being uh you know valuable and and helping and doing things and but but right now in our country uh it is so messed up that you have military leaders who are changing physical fitness standards to accommodate women who are different they don't want to acknowledge there's a difference biologically between men and women they are they are pushing a narrative and that narrative culturally has been pushed in, even to the church in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and it and it's and it's dangerous. And so we've got to train our young men, and to be men, we've got to train them uh, what it means to uh, to lead, what it means to protect, and um, shape them from a young age that you know it's good to work hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you look right now, the workforce. Uh, there's a there's the workforce is is what is about 50 50 right now 60 40 maybe i don't know uh, men to women but it, it has grown tremendously and what happens is you have a lot of women who are working out in the workforce and you wonder why there's not there's a lot of jobless men and you go well they should be able to work the the most qualified person well here's one problem is it would get away from god's design if you're working as a woman I'm not listen if you're a single mom and you're stuck having to do what you're doing I'm not talking about that
1: and financially with the way the the world is and the country is right now that for a lot of people that that,
0: that there's yeah. they're forced into that mm-hmm. right but I'm talking about working for a standard of living that you want mm-hmm. to the neglect of your children yeah the the Bible is pretty clear that the older women are to teach the younger women how to nurture and raise their children in the lord and you know we've we've got to train our boys and our young men in biblical terms as far as like what the bible teaches about values what it teaches about our culture um you know boys are supposed to be aggressive Mm -hmm. now i get there's different personalities but you know the one of the reasons i I don't know if you saw that article not too long ago about the school shooters ninety. 9% of them had no male influence in their life. They weren't taught the things um, that they should have been taught about God's design. And so we go back to what we said at the very beginning. You've got all these different influences who are saying, you know what, there's no difference between men and women. We should treat everybody the same as far as roles. Uh, And and now you've seen it penetrate into... Uh, major sports which i mean for years it didn't and it's celebrated right
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh we have nfl coaches who are women yeah i mean like women have never played in the nfl um but they're coaching in the nfl and i i just think it's it's again it's one of those things that uh our culture has pushed and because of political correctness, people feel pressure to do things, and so they do it.
1: Yeah, and and if you fall in any sort of say, oh, maybe we should think about this, you're seen as you know, oh, that's oppressive thinking. You're 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 wanting to oppress women, and not really looking at uh, you know the, his, the historical context uh, throughout most of human history of what the dynamics between men and women are, but you're also not looking at maybe the the harms of trying to have all facets of society be uh, integrated as far as men and women uh, doing the same things. Like there there is a cost that comes with that, just as there was a cost um, during the biblical times of how the men, men and women dynamic played out, which now most people would say, oh, that's oppressive. Um, but there was benefits to it. There was a way of thinking that we don't that we've lost now um, that that mandated or that led them to to think that way. But now we say, oh, you know what? everything's good um we need to integrate everybody and not and thinking that's just going to be a good thing and not looking at the potential cost particularly one that you've already mentioned is the cost to the next generation and the children that you have well you're already
0: seeing that mm -hmm. right and and it's critical for us as believers that we um always communicate that scripture supersedes culture always Mm -hmm. it's god's word yeah and, and we, we cannot compromise on these issues of biblical masculinity. And as Bible believers, we don't waver on God's design. We can't let the culture dictate to us how we view um, the world. I mean, it, it we, our lens has to be Scripture. And so, again, as men, I encourage you, train your sons to be leaders, protectors, and providers. Um uh, the, the the call for us is to be spiritual leaders in our home and in our community and uh man i just think that right now in our culture that uh men um men have been undercut yeah. in everything from the media to the movies to uh church. news and church mm-hmm. and every place and um And I I think men are struggling to define what it even means it means to be masculine now.
1: Yeah. Because really everything that I guess you would, I think that that it is to be masculine is kind of cut away uh, and and not always like, uh, you know, just saying, Oh, that's terrible. Manhood is terrible. Although people do say that, but things like uh, protecting uh, the vulnerable, protecting women, stuff like that, that's seen as, you know, chauvinist. Now that's, that's a bad thing to do. That's, that's not good. You know, you're, you're a pig. Um, when, so for most men, it's like, Oh, well, what does it mean to be a man? I guess it means hooking up with as many girls as I can and not taking responsibility for the kids that come with it. You know? Uh And that I think is where society wants men to be is just overloaded on the carnal and not focused at all on anything higher than that.
0: Well, listen, if you're, if you're a man out there, train your sons, uh, to not to, to step back and and let girls lead in the relationship they should lead from the beginning mm-hmm. um, but now today you get a lot of young women are the initiators in the relationship they're the ones who are initiating men need to step forward they need to train their young men to step forward and be the leader in the mold of jesus himself as a as a leader who sacrifices and mm-hmm. as husband that doesn't mean that you You lord it over your wife. You should be a servant. But you serve your wife. Yeah. Um, But but we've got to show our young men that it that they they are the leaders God designed. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. But boy, if you say that too loud in our culture, you're going to get a lot of backlash on social media. Um, And even on this radio program, you remember that guy called in and and he was upset it's some of the things we were saying about that, not saying that women aren't qualified to do things. We're just saying God has designed a role for men and a role for women, and especially in the church. And that's why, um, when you get women who are serving as elders and pastor teachers, it's a problem. Doesn't mean that they can't be ministers and minister to women and, and do things within the church but they are not to serve in positions of authority over men. That's God's design.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, I can't remember where in the old Testament, but there's a verse that I, that you're going to step in it. I'm going to step in it by saying it, but it says that, uh, that's a, that's a mark of uh, judgment on a nation is when a woman is in, uh, leadership. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I would imagine that would apply to the church as well. Um, living outside of, you know, God's design. And I think, I think that, you know, men need like you were talking about uh, raising boys into men. Uh, I think I heard someone say that women are are born, but men are made and that you have to initiate your sons into manhood or they're never going to know what it means to be a man. And you have to be very intentional about that starting. You know, really at like four or five years old, at a young age, really starting to instill those values into them.
0: Yeah. Are you talking about Isaiah where it says, As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them? Yeah. That's Isaiah 31 or 312. Isaiah 312. Yeah.
1: All right. So we are coming up against the break. Uh, we will be back with more
2: after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
0: They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some And right now,
1: right now I'm losing bad stood on this stage night after night That is Even If. By Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about uh, masculinity and particularly biblical masculinity and the role of man, uh, men in the culture and in the church and in their families. Um, if you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at dot radio.com. That's ask ask at SWAT radio.com. You know, Doug, you were talking just before the break about the need to um, initiate your sons and to, to train them up into what it means to be a man. And I think part of doing that is really realizing what masculinity has meant in the past and what the role of men and women has been in the past. Cause a lot of, a lot of people now are saying that the Bible is, uh, it shows oppression towards women and, you know, looking at it, through, through our cult- cultural lens rather than through the lens of the time, and I think it's important for us to understand why the Bible is the way that it is, why God said what he said um, because if if we don't if we can't go and, and realize, okay, this is you know the proper order of things and this is how it 's played out in the past, we 're not going to be able to move forward into the future because there would be no underpinning to to connect it to. You know well, I mean?
0: yeah. Well, one of the things that's, um, it's kind of an interesting question that we look at our country and we look at uh, the whole idea of a woman president mm-hmm. uh, or in England, a woman prime minister or Israel, even, uh, uh, wherever. Um, and you know, the Bible is, that's kind of a really a gray area outside of family and church, church and family not ambiguous at all it's pretty clear on the leadership within those structures Uh, but once you get outside of that and you go into the government it becomes a little more gray as far as like can a can a man uh, or can a woman lead in a governmental position as a leader a company let's say let's say a, a guy built a company and his daughter, he didn't have any sons. He had a daughter, and that daughter in it And she becomes a CEO. Is it okay for her to lead there? Yeah, of course it is. That's a company, and that's where she is. Or even in a government, I think those are gray areas. Where it's not gray is in the church and in the family. There's clear scripture that deals with that. And, you know, I think when you look at the Bible as a whole, though, uh people like to bring up esther esther was the queen and what did she do she yielded herself to the king even though he was a pagan mm-hmm. he wasn't even a believer but she influenced him and i i think one of the greatest tragedies about what's happened in our country is that women have lost the joy of femininity Mm-hmm. Is that did I say that right femininity is that right femininity yeah, yeah femininity yeah that's kind of an interesting word to say to femininity <laughs> uh, but anyway they've they've lost that joy and it's been deemed an inferior role to be a mother
2: mm-hmm.
0: and raise your kids it's been demeaned as women aren't bright i mean my, my wife was a class president she's a very very sharp bright woman and um very discerning a lot more discerning than i am and she she has been crucial to helping me grow in my christian faith and helping me think things through i mean she's like uh, my most trusted counselor right Mm -hmm. as far as things more sometimes than i want i mean but (laughs) she helps me um but she has been a great mom she's been a stay-at-home mom for 33 years and was still having kids in the fifth grade. She's going to be a stay-at-home mom until God takes her, or probably forever with Abby and Becca being in our home. But, you know, that role is diminished. It's not a fun role. I I know other women who are friends of hers, and and they talk about how you just don't feel valued in our culture the way, because our culture only values the woman that is the president of the company
2: mm-hmm. or
0: the woman working her way up the corporate ladder uh, or the woman serving as a uh, a commander in the military right well i'm gonna tell you my wife has built into my children and made a huge impact in their life and because you can't deny the stability of a of a, a father who loves his children serving with a mother who loves his children and the impact that makes on their lives, yeah. Uh, and so, and you know, that's part of the unintended
1: consequences of our the way our society is set up, right? And, and I'm not saying, oh, you know, you know, there should women shouldn't vote or they shouldn't have the the ability to f- fulfill, you know, whatever they're looking if they want to go and be a CEO. I think that's a good thing. But to to castigate and and uh, you know look down upon women who want to stay and be a mother is is bad and, and there's a lot of women, you know, if you go by the numbers, who are miserable at the age of 30 because they haven't had a family and they realize, oh, wait, I've been told that I need to go work and, you know, be a lawyer or, or this and that. And, well, now kind of what I wanted to do, I haven't been able to. So that that's when I talk about unintended consequences. And if you look at the the way the Bible was set up, I don't think it was good that, um, you know, women – didn't have, you know, property rights or something like that. But the, the role, the idea was of protection, not of, uh, uh, putting down and not of, uh, uh, persecution. Sorry. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so I, I don't think we do a good enough job of really thinking through, um, why people have done what they've done in the past and why we should maybe look at what we're doing now and the the negative effects that it can have.
0: Well, I want to be clear about women serving as pastors, elders, because that is an issue that is seen as a cultural issue. Um, Paul says that a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach her to have authority over a man. She must be silent. And God assigns different roles to men and women. It's uh, the way God created the world. Again, he takes it back to Adam and Eve. And, um, you know, when Paul wrote to Timothy in first Timothy, he restricted women from serving specifically in the role of teaching and or having spiritual authority over men. Uh, And so that would preclude women from serving as pastors, um, which includes preaching to the men publicly and exercising spiritual authority over them. Now, a lot of a lot of objections that are thrown out, one being, well, you know, women in the first century, like that guy said at SWAT the other day, they were treated poorly and they were uneducated and not allowed to, And, and but Timothy doesn't say anything about their educational status. I mean, if, if that were the qualification, then Jesus' disciples wouldn't have been preachers because they didn't have that education either. They weren't professionally trained. Mm-hmm. But another reject, objection is, that Paul was just talking about women of Ephesus teaching men because Timothy was written to Timothy, who was that pastor. Well, uh, it doesn't restrict it to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, um, and then the third objection is Paul was uh, only referring to husband and wives and not men and women in general. Well, the Greek word for woman and man in Timothy could refer to husband and wives, but the basic meaning is broader than that. So the same Greek words are used down in verses 8 to 10. Only husbands, are only husbands to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger and disputing, or only wives to dress mildly, of course not. I mean, so uh, verse 8 to 10 refers to all men and women. So again, these objections are a lot of times pressured by the culture pushing in, saying, you know what, we don't like this. And we need to change this. And it's seen as patriarchal. It's seen as, uh, you know, just a a bygone relic of the older generations. But it's it's a design issue. And, you know, if you start going outside of God's design, which we've done, Mm -hmm. the Bible says when you suppress the truth about God, what happens? You have sexual revolution, you have homosexual revolution, and then you have a debased mind. And that's where we are. Again, it's not diminishing the value of women to say, and in fact, you see lots of women who have the gifts of hospitality, mercy, evangelism, and Jesus appeared to a woman first, the worst witness you could have in that century Mm -hmm. or in that time period. But that's who he chose to reveal himself to. And when was Timothy written after that? Jesus valued women. God ordained that men are to serve in positions of spiritual teaching authority in the church. It's not because men are better teachers. It's not because women are inferior or less intelligent. It's the way God designed his church to function. It's his church. It's not ours. Mm -hmm. And we serve him. And men set the example. So fathers, teach your young men these principles because they're growing up in a culture that says, you know what that's wrong that's outdated you got to change that and um you know women should be able to do it now women are to be in a less authoritative role in the church they're encouraged to teach other women and it doesn't restrict women for teaching children Mm -hmm. but it says men and so um it doesn't make women less important uh, but it just has a different design for them and so i'm glad you asked that question I, i hope that was clarifying for people, um, you know, and hopefully it'll be uh, something that you'll think about and try to let scripture inform you more than the culture informs you.
1: Yeah, and I think along those lines, I think it's important to remember that leadership is a burden. It's not just like you kicking up your feet, like you're, you should be a servant leader who's working and to submit is an act of strength, you know, especially in, in the confines of a, of a, of a, a loving relationship, that's that is not an easy thing to do either but instead of saying hey look there's virtue and value in both of these roles we say hey we need to to throw out the whole you know the baby out with the bathwater and create something new which you know it's not really new it's been proven not to work time and time again throughout history but you know hey that's just my thoughts right
0: yeah well no that's good that's a good thing and again uh, if you want to read on it go to first timothy 2 11 through 14 where, again, Paul takes it back to Adam and creation. So uh hope you'll uh, go back and listen to this podcast, share it with somebody. Uh, Don't be silent and let the culture silence you on biblical truth.
1: All right, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com, or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great weekend.
0: Well, did that answer your question?
2: If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com.